Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is November 2nd. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. You know, uh, Eli and I ranked in the college football Where'd they come in at? I didn't see beyond the four because there's really no reason to care, but especially in first oh, week in November. On. It doesn't matter. The table. This is like FedEx Cup standings after Safeway or Fortnite. Like, come on. Like, Tell me where who's in the five or six the, the last week of the regular season or you know championship weekend. So, yeah, that's good. I'm glad you're in it. Sixteen is that right? Sixteen. Okay. The uh, the Spartans have like eight players got suspended. Oh for yeah, this week. So, yeah. Michigan State. Tough, so, tough year yeah. for them between James Pyatt and the Niblicks being a disaster <laughs> and a disgrace, and then you know giving their coach ninety million dollars as a leverage when he used LSU for leverage players beating up players you know Michigan players in the tunnel they're losing on the field and now they got Burt coming rumbling down the (laughs) sidelines like the Michelin man coming for that ass so tough year for the Spartans um it's uh and and the Bears the Bears outbidding the Packers for a receiver Claypool yeah congrats to you on that I guess I don't know where that's going it's it's one more competent, you know, now we have two competent receivers on the roster. Your receiving core. We were talked about this offline <laughs> the other day. It's like I followed college football in the NFL fairly closely. Not like completely nuts, but I'm very into the sports. Half those guys I'd never even heard of these names. Watching college football, watching the NFL, like just just guys out of nowhere. Feels like they could have come from the XFL or, or places I've never heard of. So and that's your you're starting receiving core it feels like so, i mean yeah it's not that good pettis they drop a, name, a lot of passes yeah, yeah pettis is garbage i mean he's a name i recognize at least there's a couple <laughs> there's like a hyphen in there there's just guys i don't velis right velis velis yeah our 25 year old rookie who can't catch <laughs> he's our punt returner our specialty punt returner who buffed two punts already <clears throat> oh well now you got claypool so congrats hey yeah. uh you excited for deshaun coming back i saw he's he's I mean, getting what do you ready want me to, to say? go for no i'm not jacoby Brissett has been a delight honestly i thought it would be a disaster the offense would be stuck in mud and terrible but he, they've been pretty good they've been pretty good i i, I wouldn't mind not having to deal with the moral quandary of, of Deshaun Watson and the cognitive dissonance that would require. And I'm not saying we'll go down that road, but yeah, he might suck too, by the way, hasn't played in like two years, like let alone like that's beside the point on field performance, but he also might suck. So who knows how that's going to go, but Browns are not bad. All right. What if, uh, what if he brings you a Super Bowl? Like, how will you feel about it? Will it be kind of, will it be similar? Come on. Wednesday afternoon, you're putting me on this, like, you're making, causing me to speak for Browns fans on this. It's, it would, would it be similar to, to LeBron coming back home and winning a, uh, no, it would not be similar. It would not be similar to anything like that. It would be icky. 
Um, like this is the owner, the position the owner has put us in where it's like, you know, and all Browns fans and some of them are shitheads for sure. Every fan base is shitheads, but yeah, I don't know. It, it sucks. It's not great. Um, all right, let's bounce around. Hey, we have a couple, this is an announcement. We, we forget to keep saying, uh, quick podcast business item. Our first OG original Bixby boys. We are winding down the shotgun start blends. We have subscribers still out there. They're still being shipped out. We're winding that down. Appreciate everybody who's bought coffee. With if you love the coffee, you can bulk up. You can save. You know, <laughs> we're still going to do like holiday and blends and drops and stuff. But as a subscription thing, like the price of coffee's gone up, like like skyrocketed in the last like twelve to 15, 16 months. So we've been trying to figure it out with them and just like that. We don't want to be like charging your arm and leg for coffee. Um, and so we're winding that down. Uh, I think November 14th. So if you're a subscriber, just note that, you know, you can start procuring coffee, coffee from elsewhere. We are forever indebted and appreciative of your support. That was like a, something we thought was, uh, I don't know, really great partnership has been for a long time, but just, if you're an ongoing subscriber, just note that is stopping November 14th. Um, Elsewhere. Bixby Boys forever still. Oh, yeah. We're know. still working with that. We're still, it's just like co- price of coffee has gone through the roof and, and we don't want to keep, you know, if you're a subscriber, you know, we don't want to keep pounding you with that. So, um, another announcement. You know how I love a good fake holiday. <laughs> I figure this is a way for us to do a segment like all these shows and websites do and they just a reason. National Mulligan Day. It's National Stress Awareness Day. Who in golf do you feel like is the most stressed and needs to be, you know, stress awareness? Who, who are you feeling like in the stress rankings right now? Would you put one, two, three? I think we have a probably an easy answer for number one. I, I'm afraid to say who I think number one is for fear of lawsuits now. Oh. <laughs> you think Pat Reed is stressed? It seems like it. He might be stressed for a variety of reasons. So, like you know, he's popping everybody. People, him and the clay man, just running around. You want to talk about that people. for a second? They've added. No, I don't really. I don't really want to talk about anything with him. Well, no, we. That's bullshit. They can't be throwing out defamation lawsuits and scaring people out of talking about them. No, no, that's what they want. <laughs> All right, they're suing yeah, Shane Ryan, sees- his publisher, Fox Sports. Doug Ferguson and the Associated Press. Um, another what, two hundred fifty million dollars? This is the clay man. Shane Ryan is a subject of a lot of you know saying he's a pathological this that and the other. They go nuts on him. I guess like whatever. This is a joke. It's another frivolous stuff. I kind of want to know. Do they have a list they're working down? Like what's probably, going on? Probably. I would like to sort of someone needs to ask Liv about this. Someone needs to ask someone serious at Liv about this. Atul, Kosla, uh, not Greg Norman. You have a face of your organization, prominent face, one of the winning team members, Patrick Reed. You're not you're kind of at a time where creating more enemies doesn't seem like a great tact. Enemies that might include, I don't know, Fox Sports. <laughs> Kind of makes, doesn't make a lot of sense. And I know Patrick Reed can, you know, he is under contract now. 
But and Justine and the clay man can get worked up and just throw lawsuits all over the world. But like someone should probably ask, I think like Liv probably needs to be pushed on this. It's not great for them to have like this big prominent face of their little operation suing the entire golf media landscape, including potential rights partners in Fox Sports. Don't you think? It's probably like they're in a position where they should be trying to build a few bridges, I would think, and certainly not creating more enemies with needless frivolous lawsuits. So I think they're kind of, you know, and maybe they, they're at the point where they got to start. This has been the tourist problem for the last eight years. You've signed up all these characters. And, and, and like, that's another thing I've been thinking about this week is like, this first season is all like hunky dory. There's this kind of like brothers in arms. We're leading this rebellion and changing. But you got you've signed up a lot of uh, you know grumpy personalities. And once those guys start getting a little grumpy, I think about there might this, be more more grumpy personalities heading over there. Grumpy cats. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Um, so that's that's. I, I just think like if you're live, you're probably not thrilled. That everybody, there's, there's just your guy is out there in the wild, wild west, just firing off defamation lawsuits at everybody that that aren't like don't have much merit here. So interesting, interesting. That whole like kind of kumbaya, we're forty eight brothers in arms thing. Once these guys, you know, and we love live that they've done for the game is incredible, and instead they start getting pissed about having to travel this, that, or the other, or this this isn't up to their standard or they're annoyed about something a ruling, whatever. I don't know. It, it could start to become a little less uh, joyous and celebratory. All right. So stress awareness day, mindful. All of right. That. So I got Pat Reed. Okay. I think I got to put my guy, Jay Monahan on there. Yeah. A, a moat can only <laughs> de-stress and protect so much. And then, uh, I'll put Golf Channel in there. Why? What happens to it if, if like, the rest of the big names, if, if, like, three or four big names go, what happens to Golf Channel? What do you mean? Go to uh, live? Yeah. Yeah. Golf, I, I don't know what's going on with Golf Channel. They're, they're the ones that's just got to be sitting there, like, uh, I feel, we feel like a... A lame duck and you're tied to Jay. I mean, I think it's just going to be subsumed by the PGA Tour. No, I don't think that. I'm not. I'm just guessing. I'm like reading. I, I don't know where it's going. I don't think they necessarily do do either. Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. There's more. There's a lot more smoke with Cantley too in terms of him going. You know, apparently, up talking to various apparel companies about a, a new apparel sponsor because Hugo Boss is no longer with them. I don't know that that would be necessarily because he's going to live. They sponsor Henrik Stenson, who's at live. Maybe it was a contract. I, I don't know. There's more smoke about Patrick Cantley. And of course, he was specifically noted with Xander in that Ewan Murray Guardian report from the uh, from the weekend. So. We'll be interesting to see if he goes solo or with his buddy for a little extra cash. Yeah, that's interesting. There's like a little extra sugar on top if they go together yeah that would that would be that would be troublesome for that would, that would be a real sort of hit to like the Ryder cup operation right on the american side we've seen it mostly european concentrated so far but yeah we'll see see what it'd happens be a hit. There. it'd be it'd just be a big hit in terms of like 
the world rankings too. Sure. Like sure. You'd all of a sudden have three of the top, you know, six players playing live. Right. Right. Uh, what'd you make? Let's just knock out all this live stuff at the top. What'd you make of the transaction zone? <laughs> I mean, this I, who who cares? Access journalism is a scourge, but like this is bullshit that like all of a sudden a we're getting woge bombs about this nonsense <laughs> and like we're putting it like breaking exclusive on ESPN.com. I mean, it's notable maybe that a rights partner is now going this route, but I, I, what is it? It's, it's also Taylor Gooch and, and Peter Uline. Right. Who cares? What, who the, who has the ESPN app download? Like what percentage of people that have the ESPN <laughs> app downloaded know who those two players are? Um, like, yeah, one, two percent, maybe. I don't know. I'm wondering. Get, everybody's getting push notifications about it. <laughs> who's filling? They didn't. Do, they didn't know who's filling Uline spot on Smash. On Smash. I thought Brooks and him were boys. What, how, what happened to you know, Was there a trade? Like, was there a trade? Like, how does... That's the best part about this is there's no rules. There's no, hey, free agency starts now. Everybody... Who's a free agent? Who's committed? We don't know anything. So this is all a sham. Just like their whole the operation. The start. Just like the draft. Yeah. It's like nobody knows anything. So what is anything? What does anything but mean? But we're getting Who reporting actually, it. Like it's the NFL yes, trade deadline on ESPN.com. But that's the point. There's no contracts. There's right, no right. back-end meeting to this. It's just like, oh, we're going to... They were moving teams the week before the tournament. The the last team championship, there was player movement. Like Henny Duplessis was back. Yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. Stinger yeah. and like... This stuff doesn't matter at all <laughs> until you actually outline like, hey, this guy is on four aces and he has a two year contract. I mean, Gooch- and then if Peter Uline goes to to from smash or whatever the f- hell the name is, was he punch or smash? Uline was smash. Smash. He goes to four aces. Does does Smash get a pick back, or do they get some compensation or something? That's how it's this usually none of works. It matter. Yeah. yeah, but like we don't know who's a free agent, who isn't a free agent. We don't even know don't know who owns every team. Right, right. Like who's the principal players of the team? Oh, that's because they haven't gotten all the players they want. Like there's no way that Xander and Patrick Cantlay would be going if they don't get some ownership stake. I guarantee that. Right. You know, so who gets squeezed out? Like when Taylor Gooch, who signed up day one, goes and plays, he's a better golfer than Bubba Watson. I was going to say, Gooch, like, for all, he revealed himself to be quite dense on many occasions this year. Like, he is like a legit top top 30 player, top five to six player on live, and top 25 to 30 player in the world, I would say. Wouldn't you? I mean, certainly yeah, I this think, year, I this think, past year. I think he's like uh, made himself into like a top, a very solid top thirty player in the world. He's played well in major championships. He he played. He was playing really well in the on the PGA Tour before he went. He played really well on the PGA Tour the year before. But like he's a better golfer than Bubba Watson is at this point. Same for you. So Lon. who's the actual captain? Right. You know, <laughs> it, what what is this trade? 
It's not a trade. Like, what it was did not they, a trade. Well, what did they ship Taylor Gucchoff? What it, what it, what contract? They don't give you any details because there's this is all just make believe bullshit. Well, that's what they want. They want the push notification. They want the report. They want and no, we've talked about and it. They for don't a want to tell minutes. say anything about it's what just actually keeps happened. Them it's relevant almost worse than the tour. And juice. Right? Yeah, it just keeps it running. Keeps us talking about live. And we just did it. So uh but yes, we'll try to do it in a context with some context of the the sham they need to lay out who is what and i i I assume they haven't done it because they haven't set up the teams but we've been waiting for a long time for this yeah you know yeah and it's just like if you want to have if you want to have free agency and player movement you have to give us some context as to what it actually means otherwise it this is just like laughably stupid yep um elsewhere on Startup Ventures tomorrow, TMRW, parenthetically, pronounced tomorrow. I mean, is that good in the press release when you have to add a parenthetical about how your company should be pronounced because you decided some brand consultant pay getting paid, you know, $10,000 an hour told you to just take out the vowels. And now you got to put that parenthetical in every press release about how you pronounce your company. Why don't they just call it tomorrow? Because vowels are out. So unless you're Adrian Otagwe. Um, so tomorrow announces just... We know that Adrian Otagwe would never be an investor in tomorrow. Not allowed. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, they they announce... All kidding aside about the name and the pronunciation. They announced a uh, substantial list of investors. Um, not necessarily at what amounts, what levels. There are a lot of them. There are a lot of sports stars, uh, F1, NFL, tennis players, NBA players. Stephen Curry and Chris Paul were pretty notable. You had the Lewis Hamilton was a big one. Serena. Uh, JT. Who? Isn't Timberlake in there? Yes, Justin Timberlake is in entertainment. And then they have a lot of like venture firms, 25 Madison Connect Ventures. They have a lot of business owners. I mean, it's honestly like, I don't know, 50, 60 names of these just, you know, some really, really rich guys, some venture firms, and then a lot of like sports stars and celebrities. Uh, it's impressive. I Can we get them to, to fund a rival tour to the PGA Tour and live <laughs> and maybe get a third? Well, this is third, now, uh, I mean, the PGA Tour is... What is it? It's partnership with... I don't want to say they own can it. Can we but, just have these guys run the PGA Tour... What would it be? PGA TR? PG TR? You just start losing vols left and right if they're running it. So um, it's an impressive list. I, I, I It feels like they're building something substantial. Ha, being in golf for a while now, there's a, there's a whole like trick to like winning the press release game and you announce all these big partnerships and big things and you say stuff's going to be built and made and, and then like it kind of... You know, and we're doing this and we're going to revolutionize this. And uh, I've seen it like, you know, a hundred times. like some media outlets. And then like it kind of just, you know, like you got to actually like build something. You got to make the product. I, I'm, I'm of the mind that you like build the product, build something, build the f- interest around it. And then kind of you can make 
announcements about it. But like for this one, with so how substantial it, like this isn't a Mickey Mouse endeavor, is what I would say. It feels like if you have this coalition of people, if you have these sort of Tiger, Rory, McCarthy, people who've been in and around media, like it, this isn't something that's just going to, you know, you check back in on it two years and they haven't built anything or built something that's gained of traction. So uh, it's impressive. I don't know. I thought DJ Bajowski had an interesting thread on it uh, on Twitter uh, just about like we need to stop creating like something that's approximates the golf that we already have. And this feels like a refreshing change, right? What is that? What is a adding new lanes, new audience that's not just like this vapid sort of let's do more TikToks. We'll get more people. This is an entirely different product or let's do. I mean, live still, like as DJ pointed out, is still like a five-hour round where you should care about the last 15 minutes, right? So like for all the changes in teams and shotgun starts, like it still approximates something that you get on on the PGA Tour. This feels like uh, a product. Again, we don't have a ton of details on what the actual product is. Feels like something that could could be just a a totally different approach that... um, goes outside the golf fan goes outside maybe maybe it doesn't appeal to us in any way and that's kind of the point um do you have any reaction to this list of investors and where this is going i I think it's probably a pretty promising and and impressive start for sure yeah i mean like anything the proof will be in the pudding right yeah right so yeah, I would I would say that there's there seems to be a lot of hype for something we haven't seen yet, and obviously you have to promote your product. But at the end of the day, you know what matters is what you see when they when the everything goes live for the first time, and you could have all the you know the brightest minds involved with something. You know the reality. This is, these are investors. These are this is not like these aren't well, the guys that are making the product. Okay, these are guys that are pitching money in. I'm putting you know, willing to having, put their name on it and associated with it. Yeah. yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna probably have some ideas. But like the other thing is like, you know what? There's like 25, 30 cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, it, I'd rather not hear about any investors and have a badass product day one. You know, but like they're playing the the show, song and dance you know, party like, Hey, look at us, look at us, which is, you know, you're hyping your product. But at the end of the day, all that matters is like, are you going to make something that's compelling? And to me, frankly, you know, until I, I see what it is like, I, it's an impressive group of investors, but if Rory and tiger are behind anything, there's going to be an impressive group of investors. Right. You know, I right. imagine they've got pretty good Rolodexes that they can run down and get people to pitch in money, whether the idea is good or not. Right. Is the thing. Right. You know, these are people that can generate capital quicker than, you know. Dick Ebersol's in there. Yeah. You, you got a network to build on. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so is this an impre- impressive group of investors? Yes. But that's all it is right now. The other thing. And. I'm I'm excited to see it. I'm not not excited to see it. But until we see what it is, to me, the more people you get involved, probably the shittier it's going to get. the The one thing I wonder about, not not wrong, uh, on that, 
But are they involved? Are they just, I, I, who knows? I mean, the, the, I don't know. Did, did Carlos signs write a check for $400? And, well, but, that's the thing. Um, it's like, if whoever funds it, it doesn't really matter if the idea is great. Well, well, one thing that I know, so tomorrow. What, what this does is it gives them distribution. Yeah. That's the promotion. The back across, part of this. Yes is that they have people that are invested in the idea that have massive distribution channels and into worlds that aren't connected to golf. Right. That's, well, that's the big thing. Well, the other thing I'm wondering is tomorrow is the parent company of TGL, which is just the golf, the golf endeavor of tomorrow. So is tomorrow looking to do like a TGL type thing for other sports? Do you know what I mean? This is just the start of a major, major attempt to make a bunch of different alt nfl alt nba alt whatever it is right giving these other getting these other people involved do you think they could they're going to disrupt the big three the three on three <laughs> is that the is that ice cube one is that the it's the one that mitch richmond's playing in <laughs> i don't know anyways but it could look totally different. We'll see. It was an impressive roster of people that are aligning themselves um, with it. And I think it, DJ made this point, runs contrary to the list of people involved with Live a little bit. It's it, like it a does. lot of popular brand appealing folks. So, well, the thing about it is like, you know, if you think about it, like Chris Paul, if he tweets about it. Yeah. Right. Then all the NBA people will talk about it. If Lewis Hamilton tweets about it or Instagram posts about it, all the F1 people will talk about it. You know, like you go down the list. If Justin Timberlake tweets about it, it gets into the entertainment culture, right? Is that I think is like the biggest, the mo- biggest benefit to this. But again, if this thing is like a, a shot maker's, then it doesn't matter. Oh. And I don't think it will be a shot makers. Yeah. But I am of the belief that the more cooks you get in the kitchen, the shittier the recipe gets. Sure. Yep. Uh, continuing on, whip around Wednesday with no real plan here. You know, just a lot of little stories. It's, you, you want know, to talk November about Mayakoba? No. Do you? I was going to ask if, if Hovland wins again, does it change anything about no. how you think of him? No. Right? Do you think that? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, what I what I did enjoy from Mayakoba was Billy Boy. It's got a good field. It does. We have Morikawa, Scheffler, Hovland. Um, I guess uh, Horschel, would you Billy Boy include there? Yeah. Um, Brian Davis from England, the old guy <laughs> called the penalty on himself and Heritage. I saw him. I was like, how? I was looking for, he's playing with Justin Suh. It's like, welcome to the big leagues. You're playing with Dylan Fratelli and Brian Davis. Justin Suh. Like, you know, come on. That's uh, Travis Vick is playing, you know, so that's a good one. Morikawa paired with Seamus Power and Emiliano Grio, which is an interesting, interesting trio. Grump, grumpy, the grumpy boy. Yeah, grumpy, grumpy Grio. So it's a good feel. Uh, now we're talking about Mayakoba. Is there anything else you want to add? The cave bunker's been cat. I do. I wanted to talk about Morikawa's comments about him fe- feeling old. Just wait, buddy. 
I'm not even. I don't even consider myself old. But just wait till you take it. You're taking your first swings at like 35, 36. How that's gonna feel? First swing of the morning, and I'm imagining it only gets worse after this. But what saying you had a bad year because you turned 25? There's some more college. Is that a real thing going on out there? Is that a wait? Is that a real thing? You turned 25. Yeah, I mean, go talk to Sabatini, global player everywhere, all over the. He's in the field and a career money exemption, which you know, right? I, there's a lot of more. There's some more cow backlash. There were some like weird moments with him all throughout last year with the media, maybe some murmurs around the locker room, you know, getting big. You know, like here's the thing. This is just not. This is can't possibly be an excuse. That you for feel a, old for when t- you're 25. T- when he's 25. That's, that qu- cannot possibly be. Like, I would have had so much respect for him if he was like, you know, it was a really stressful year yeah. and a really hard year because of the distraction from live yeah. to focus on golf. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, I'm really happy that he actually said like a real thing. This is not. This is. This is. This can't be real. It's something about how I, I drank a lot more beer in college, but I, I don't know. I feel the effects a lot more now, or just generally, I, I feel old. I, 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 it takes a while to recover. So, twenty-five. Yeah, he's twenty-five. Anything else on Mayakoba that you care to discuss? Do should we do schedule for the week real quick? We can rip through that while we're discussing Mayakoba. We have the Toto Japan Classic on the LPGA. I think only 19 of the top 50 in the world are there. I think I saw that's overnight, 11 p.m. Wednesday night. So that's kind of the schedule, 11 to 2, Wednesday through Saturday. Uh, we have the women's amateur, the Asia Pacific amateur, RNA. That's overnight, middle of the night streaming. You have the Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba, 3 to 6, uh, Thursday through Sunday. Uh, then you have the Timber Tech Championship, second leg of the Charles Schwab Cup playoffs. That will be. Tape delayed, one thirty to four thirty uh, on streaming, but tape delayed at night from six thirty to nine thirty. I have notables for all these. I just don't know that we need to go down that road for the Timber Tech, the Bayakoba, and the Toto Japan Classic. I know you got a hard out here in like ten minutes, so I, I think that's your schedule for the week. Featured groups, you know, do you have an event of the week? Oh man, put me on the spot here. I'll I'll announce the event of the All right. next Take, episode. Do your research, you know. Go go do your own research. Figure it out. Um, uh, it's definitely not Mayakova. No. What is it? What are the trees that you love that are left and right that suffocate the fairway? Mangroves. Is the that? mangroves. The thirty-five yard wide fairways <laughs> at a at a resort course. The sharky, but special, right? So it's a good course for pro golf. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Hovland wins three straight, like, what does that mean? That doesn't do anything, right, for you? Does that just means that he plays at, at a course with thirty-five wide yard wide corridors, mangroves everywhere? Well, which would make sense. He's like one of the best tee to green players on tour, right? Like, he's super accurate, so that's why he plays well here. It's also why Todd's played well here. Todd, watch. It's not about that power. It is. You know what? I can talk myself into this, uh, this course a little a bit because it's just like way different than other courses. 
I can't talk myself into like the, there's like no fans here. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, yeah. I, well, I can, I do resort. like golf without fans, <laughs> but you know, like the fact that this is one of the events that the tour has, and it doesn't have an event in Chicago or <laughs> New York go. city. There we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, other quick news. Speaking of Chicago, you get the Walker cup and the U S women's open at Chicago golf announced for what was it? 2033 and 36. Yeah. Good stuff. Awesome. We wrote about that. You wrote about that in the newsletter. We had a cool little reel. You have some pretty good footage of that that venue there in Chicago that we, we shared on, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, it's big news. I mean, it's a long ways off, but it's still a substantial announcement. Yeah. I mean, this was a club that had pretty much closed its doors to championship golf as of, you know, 30 years ago. It's one of the most closed off clubs in, in golf. And I think like, I think there's new thoughts uh, on hosting events in Chicago golf. And, and I think like, you know, the USGA deserves like some credit too. I think they've really leaned on courses to host, you know, we're seeing uh, championships at LACC. We're seeing now championships at, at Chicago golf club, which really like, you know, they hadn't hosted anything outside of a Walker cup Mm -hmm. until that us senior women's open. Um, since you know the 1910s so that is uh it's really exciting i think the women's uh open is like a a perfect event for it um you know uh it's i i can i know that that the men's open was the tires were kicked there and there was a lot of you know conversation about how to make it work. It's a different how piece. could they possibly host it? But at the end of the day, the amount of things that needed to happen uh, were too much. And I, I, I like applaud the club for not doing anything that would have been so drastic to host that would have been, you know, call into question the history, uh, you know, the historical aspects of their course. So the women's a will be a better tournament to watch at Chicago golf than the men's because the ground, you know, what makes that golf course so cool are is what happens when the ball gets on the ground and rolls. And that's going to happen a lot more at the highest level of women's golf right now than men's golf. Um, who knows in 2033, what the, what the equipment will look like for men and maybe it would be different, but you know, the, the women's game, this golf course fits really well. I mean, I I wrote this in the newsletter, but the the tournament that I think about the most, like in terms of shots I remember that I've ever been to, is the is the women's uh, senior open that was out there. It was so fun. I mean, there were so many neat like moments with the ball on the ground mm-hmm. and rolling on slopes, and like you're watching, and oh, is that going to funnel all the way there? Like. And that's, I think, what makes golf really fun to watch is those moments where, like, the ball is on the ground and it, it's an undetermined, undetermined where it's going to end up, but it's hanging in the balance. Just like, you know, a last second shot when it's in the air, you don't know if it's going in or not. You know, that's similar to golf when the ball's on the ground. So, this women's open is obviously 10 years away. I've got Josie on a, on a very strict regimen now she'll be 13. So that tells me there's a chance and, uh, and we're going to get her dialed in for, for the women's open. But 
you know, this is something to look forward to if you got if you got a you know a girl that's aspiring professional golfer. I mean, the whole aspiring golfer. The whole women's open lineup is pretty substantial. It's pretty stout. Oh, it's and amazing. Fantastic. And I, I gotta say, like, it takes two to tango. Like, good on the USGA. Good on where other organizations. Like, it seems. I wouldn't say the U.S. Women's Open is peripheral, but there are other events that, like, they're not revenue generators, right? Like Walker Cup, Curtis Cup, some of the amateurs, like a senior amateur, places like that. Like, how can we elevate these peripheral events? And people will tune in. The hardcore golfers, more people will tune in if you have it on a substantial course, substantial place. That might expose them to golfers they might not otherwise see. Or be like, you know, come away with an impression of them, uh, and, including young kids. So, like these, you know, the Walker Cup lineup is, is incredible. It, it often is. And the future one is, is really strong. The Women's Open is really strong. So, like, whatever, good on the USGA for really emphasizing this. I mean, not to, like, give these clubs, like, a, a, a bouquet of roses, but, like, they do have to. They should want to embrace some of these, and they are. So that's good. So, like, this helps more events kind of have a greater interest. And that seems, you know, this is the latest one with Chicago golf, uh, even though it's, you know, 10 years away, 13 years away. So uh, it's been a really good development over the last five, six years. So, yeah, that women's lineup, like, uh, it's getting close with Chicago golf in there. It's like close to where you could make an argument that it might be more impressive than the men's lineup. <laughs> yeah. So that's an interesting sub debate topic. Well, what, a for one, there's more variety. It's not just Pinehurst to Pebble, the Pinehurst Pine, to Pebble, Pinehurst Pebble, Pinehurst Pebble, Pinehurst Pebble. <laughs> I think there's, I love, I love those places. Yes, I know. There's just more variety. There's probably more geographic variety. No, or I feel well, like they've yeah, got a lot of Midwest venues between Inverness and Oakland Hills and, uh, uh, interlock. Well, there's a lot more, there's a lot more places they can go. Right. I know. Which is, again, uh, to my point of getting these other events, maybe you can't do the U.S. Open at Chicago, but get them to all these places. It elevates everything around it. It it kind of emphasizes how few places can host men. It's a a separate, yeah. It's a governance issue maybe, right? Governance governance and, uh, you know, I, I think the corporatization of it is an almost a necessary evil to keep pace with, with purses. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, do we really need, I mean, the, the thing is these, these events float the bill for so many things. Well, that's that underwrites the, the so US much Open. other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's a, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't type situation, right? right. If you if say you said, hey, we want to pull back and we don't like I know for a fact that like LACC does not have a lot of general tickets available Oh, because it's, uh, it, it's like that is a it's a small ballpark for a US Open. So like, you know, that's that's an event where I saw somebody complain about ticket prices the other day. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, they're probably going to be substantial. That was an issue. Of yeah, there, there wasn't a ton of available tickets outside from corporate. Well, I mean, that's the hard thing, right? You know, if, if you know, the footprint of a club in a city isn't going to be very big. Can I just say while we're on L.A.? Right. I know what you're saying. 
I think I saw Bama Bearcat tweet, you know, historian, master fact of the day, tweet yesterday that one of his favorite discussions from like venue negotiations that he heard was that LACC, some members wanted to enforce their pants-only policy or attempt to enforce their pants-only policy for the Walker Cup that they had, whatever. They tried to do it to the media, I think. Media had to use like a separate separate come in like the yeah because because you have you know schlubby media walking in in their shorts and mustard stains on their shirt they weren't allowed to you know when the media center was in the clubhouse they had to come around the back or something but imagine trying to check spectators for pants coming in for the Walker Cup. You know who could do it? Who? Augusta. Oh, I don't I, even know. About they could do anything. They could do. They they have a no cell phone policy. I know. It is <laughs> it is the kind of place where like the yeah talking about two to tango like the people respect it that they that's the don't thing. even try that's, to stick around. To me, that's like the amazing power. Like there's no there's no sporting event that can could possibly institute a no cell phone deal Pants outside of the Masters. Like, I, I, I'd be curious if there's anything, if anybody can, like, think of a situation where tens of thousands of people are going somewhere without a cell phone, and it's actually, like, enforced and abided by. Right, right. Because, like, some, some concerts are starting to do that, right? Uh, like, no cell phone? I would believe. Why? Because of filming, like, copyrighted well, they stuff? Just, or, I mean, I mean, I completely agree with the premise. Like, if I was a performer, I always laugh. Like, you know, and I've done it. But like, when you go to a concert and you record on your phone the concert, outside of like social media purposes, like when you're just, just recording like an entire like, is anybody gonna like listen to that? Right. Why wouldn't you just open just Spotify watch. and play the song? Yeah, I, know. I know. Like, yeah. All right. Um, here, here's a list of bands who don't allow phones at their show. Bob Dylan. But, but like uh, the enforcement and adherence Prince. to is like nothing like you get at Augusta. Like there are people bringing their phones in. I'm sorry. Like and the enforcement is Queen B. That's just not as, Cindy. Cindy Lauper. I can't believe she's enforcing. This. Girls just don't want to have fun. <laughs> Alicia Keys. I now I got it. the Lumineers. The Bruno Mars, there's a lot. Right. But again, like the Augusta is the uh, unique cocktail where like they actually are able to enforce it. And there's actually the people coming adhere to it and like completely respect it almost 99% of the time. So it's kind of, it's just a weird thing. All right. All right. You gotta I gotta go. go. Uh, I have a couple other things that will push to Friday. Memo. Memo went out to PGA Tour players about making sure to take full advantage of preferred lies, reminding them of how to do it. So we got to talk about that going into next season. Friday, fun Friday segment. All right, everyone enjoy your Wednesdays. We'll be back with you Friday. Friday. 